thresh the mountains and beat them small. Talking about you and I. Shall beat them small and shall make the hills a shaft. God is making us sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe that. I believe he's capable of, of it. I believe he can do that when we believe what he says about us and about our Jesus. Amen? So if this is a season, this is our season, and this is a season of transformation. Transformation is taking place for the members of this church in Jesus' name. I'm going to say it again. Transformation is taking place for the members, every member of this church in Jesus' name. God is making you dangerous to the devil. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You may be struggling right now. You may be experiencing uh, the opposite of that right now even. But God is raising you up. And no devil is going to stop you in this season. It's just, that's just how it's going to be because of what he's doing. And there's nothing that the devil can do about it either. Everything God is doing, there's nothing that Satan can do about it. All he can do now is just look with his mouth wide open and wish he hadn't done what he did. God wants radical believers who really believe that our God can do anything. That's what he wants. He wants us in that place where we really and truly and honestly believe that our God is awesome. And that he can do through Jesus Christ and through us all that he has called us to in our generation. And don't think it's too big. Because we serve a big God. Amen. Now I want to define that word radical. Radical in definition means a person who holds or follows strong convictions or extreme principles. A people whose faith in God is on an extreme level. That's what we're talking about tonight. A radical people who believe that God can do anything through them as long as they're submitted to him. That believe that on the cross it was settled forever. And in his resurrection power, we can experience God on a level not known to man before the cross. We were created by God as victors. See, he, 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 he always causes us to triumph in him. Always. That's, 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 that's. Who we are, that's our portion, that is what we have in him. But we must believe it. This is the season for believing. I said this is the season for believing. 
All unbelief is your enemy. And God hates unbelief. What we're going to ask God to do is to destroy the yoke of unbelief in our lives starting tonight. The struggle to believe is over. There's coming an anointing upon us as a church family where we will experience the perfect will of God in our generation. Because our God is awesome. I want to start in the book of Exodus tonight. Exodus chapter 3. Thank God for his delivering power. Begin at verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. God says he's perfectly aware of the things that we've been going through. And he has come, the Bible says, to deliver us. Deliverance is part of the inheritance. And it comes through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 says, and I am come down to deliver them. Out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land, out of that land, talking about that land of bondage, talking about that land of defeat, talking about that land where nothing was working for you. To bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. All the ites. So we, we want to use this as a foundation right here in terms of our expectation. No doubt about it, God's intention for his people was milk and honey, good land, large land. Can we understand that? That was God's desire for all of them. The only reason that they wouldn't or, or could not experience that was that they didn't believe it. It was the perfect will of God that his covenant people experience that land that flowed with milk and honey. I like that. 
flowing with milk. Not just milk and honey, but it, the Bible says it's flowing with it, constant. I like that. I like I don't know about you, but I like that. It's not supposed to be interrupted. It's supposed to be a constant flow of love, a constant flow of divine power, a constant flow of the best that God has to offer. Because that's what he wants. I mean, we don't have to talk God into that. That's something that he has desired for his people since the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. And all we have to do, the thing that we have to do, is simply believe it. No matter where you are again tonight, doesn't matter. You're coming up. This is your season to come. You, but you've got to believe it. You've got to say, no. The past is the past. Past failures are gone. I'm going up into that place that God has for me. No more crumbs. No more deficiency. No more crying nights. I'm wiping off these tears. I'm getting up. And I'm going to possess what he has for me. That, that needs to be an attitude. I, I believe it was Joyce Ma. She says, uh, a lot of believers have a lot of wishbone, but no backbone. They, 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 they desire these things, but when push comes to shove, they're talked out of it because of whatever somebody says. Or whatever roadblock the devil puts in front of them, they say, well, it must not be the will of God for me, so I'll just go the other way. No! No more going the other way. I'm a new, sharp threshing instrument in his hand. So I can't be defeated. That, that needs to be the attitude now. Tired of second place. I say, I'm tired of second place because my God is tired of seeing me there. Now, let's look at something here in Numbers. I was reading out of Exodus. I was ahead of myself. But I want to go to Numbers. Chapter 13. Let's go there. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is a situation here where God is about to give instruction to Moses. And he says here in verse 1, something very interesting. He says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send men, send thou men 
that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. And of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. So that was God's instruction to Moses. Send a man from every tribe to search the land of Canaan. Verse 3. And Moses, by commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men which were the heads of the children of Israel. I've read that many times. And I thought about that instruction that God gave to Moses. He said, I want you to send the people to spy out the land, basically. Now, this is something that that, that came into my mind. And what I thought, really, what Moses should have done. I believe Moses should have told God, we don't have to spy. You said the land is ours. Let's go take it. Now, you may say, well, you can't talk to God like that. Moses did that often. Remember, remember Moses had, God says, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> I'm going to smite them with their pestilence because they was acting crazy. And Moses, he taught God how to doing that. He says, no, God, you, you, you shouldn't do that. If you do that, everybody's going to say you, you weren't able to deliver them. That's why what they're going to say. And so Moses, God, the Bible said God repented. <laughs> he changed his mind because of what that conversation he had with Moses. And I believe at this point, Moses could have stood up and said, God, you said the land is ours. We, we don't have to spy. We, we, we believe. <laughs> That the land is ours. Let's just go get it. Let's go on and take it now. Let's take the land. And I don't believe God would have gotten angry with him. I truly don't. I believe God would have said, he would have smiled and said, go for it. I, I believe that. I, I, I believe that, that, that God likes radical thinking. Radical faith. He likes those believers who will take his word, trust in it, and act on it. And see miraculous things happen. I believe God will get behind a man or a woman who believes that way. Who believes so strongly in the promises of God that truly nothing would be impossible unto that person because God delights in radical believers. I believe that. And I believe that's, what, that's one of the things God wants to stir up in us. A radical faith in an awesome God. An extreme faith that's confident in God's Word. And, 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 and really and truly... That's where we got to get if we want to get where God wants us to be. A people who believe from Genesis to Revelation all of the promises, all of the victory, all that the blood has bought for us, all that the resurrection has 
given to us. God wants us to experience it. Because the Bible said he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power of God that is within us. Okay. So our expectation needs to be victory every single time. Amen? With a radical belief that God can do anything through a believing heart. So let's look at Numbers 13 and 27. We got good time. Tonight we're just laying a foundation for the coming week. So, verse 27 of chapter 13. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us. That's talking about those spies that went over into that land. They went on and and spied the land out. Surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled. So they're looking at the natural circumstances. See, had they just went on in, they wouldn't have had time to think. They just would have went in, you know what I mean? But they inspired the land. They took time to spy the land. And now they're becoming intimidated by what they see. Nevertheless, the people that be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Verse 29. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of the Jordan. So they've, they've, they've allowed all of this, what they saw with their natural eyes, to talk them out of what God said they could have as an inheritance. Now, let's look at verse 14. I mean, chapter 14, excuse me. Verse 1, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. So that testimony caused the other people to lose sight of the greatness of their God. They got their eyes and their minds on what those spies told them they saw. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron And the whole congregation, so everybody got in this. The whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore, they're just talking crazy now. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land of foul by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey were it not better for us to return to bondage or to Egypt? I never hear people say things like that, you know. I had it better before I got born again, before I, got, I joined the church. I never hear people say that. How many of them, that's a lie out of the pit of hell. And they said one to another, let us make a captain, let us make us a captain, and let us return to Egypt. What a mess. 
I mean, now they've allowed, again, sense realm evidence to rob them of the great plan that God had for their life. Of the supernatural inheritance that God had promised Abraham many years ago. Now Abraham's seed is rejecting everything that is theirs and was the perfect will of God. Bless you. The perfect will of God. Now, let's look at God's attitude while all this is going on. Because he's hearing all this and he's listening to their unbelief. It says here in verse 11, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke me? So they're they're, they're stirring up my anger. They're provoking me, God is saying. How long will it be ere they believe me? They're not believing in me. They've lost their faith in me. He says, For all the signs which I have shown among them. Now we've got to remember, when God brought them out of Egypt, he did some miraculous things in Egypt. I mean, it, it was dark in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. I mean, the frogs invaded the Egyptians, but Israel didn't experience none of that. The lice and all that. They had the blood covenant working for them. They were experiencing what God wanted them to experience in terms of supernatural deliverance. It was their portion. And that's why God is so upset right here. He says here, verse 12, I will smite them with the pestilence. And disinherit them and will make of you, talking about Moses, a greater nation and mightier than they. That's an amazing statement right there. God says, I'm so upset with them. I want to kill them all. I want to take the inheritance away from them. But I'm still going to have my way because I'm going to start over with you, Moses. You're the seed of Abraham. I can start over with you. And how many of y'all know God was able to do that? (laughs) Had Moses not talked him out of it? He was able to do that. But my point is, it was God's will to flood these people with blessings. But unbelief stole God's pleasure from him. That's why he was so upset. The only time you really see God get upset is when we don't allow him to bless us. It, 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 it stirs his anger. A lot of the other things that we do, he don't like. But when we don't believe him, it, it, it limits him. It hinders him from releasing all of the divine blessings that he wants for our lives. And it causes him much displeasure. So God is serious. And, 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 but but the, here's the thing. The only way that we can experience those blessings is by faith, though. We have to believe. We have to believe. That's where Israel missed it right there. They, they 
listened to the wrong thing and they caused the wrong thing that they were hearing to separate them from their faith. And make no mistake about it, God is a faith God. I heard a preacher say one time, God has one passion. One passion. And that is to be believed. That's his his passion. To be believed. And he'll search the whole world, the whole earth, to find one person who will actually believe that these promises in the Bible are true. No matter what they see, no matter what they hear, no matter what the past has done. If nobody else has done it, God says, I'll do it through you if you'll believe it. He's looking, he's searching, the Bible says, the whole earth, finding somebody who trusts him, utterly trusts him. That person could be you. It could be you. It may look impossible. Everybody may be telling you it can't happen. The circumstances are arrayed against you tonight. But I'm here to tell you, if you exercise this kind of faith that God is talking about, every desire that he's placed in your heart will come to pass. Because of his word and because of his faithfulness. And again, when you see Israel here, it, 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 it... lets us know how God, it breaks God's heart when his people don't trust him. Let's look at verse 27. Because we, 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 we have to realize something. Unbelief is very dangerous. A lot of times we, we don't really realize how dangerous it is. It can kill you. It can literally kill you. That's why God is so radically against it. (laughs) Because he knows the danger of it. Verse 27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? God's vocabulary is very strong there. He calls unbelief evil. He he, he, he looks at unbelief differently than we look at it. We look at it like it's a weakness or an infirmity. God says, I call it evil because it separates you from my covenant blessings for you. So that's why he tells, he says this about Israel, about his covenant people. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? God says when you don't believe it, when you say things out of your mouth, when I say things out of my mouth that are contrary to the promises, God says it's evil. And he calls it murmuring. We call it just telling it like it is. 
But God calls it murmuring and complaining. Any, anything that comes out of our mouth that is contrary to the will and word of God, God calls it evil. So we got we, we, we to watch that. We got we to see it that way because God sees it that way. I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur, what? Against me. God takes it personal. When I don't believe him, he takes it personal. He says, all of the things that I've done in your life, Roy, all of the blessings that I've blessed you with, and you come to this point and you won't believe me. God says, I don't like that. I want you to believe me every time. No matter what it looked like, no matter what giant you're facing, I want you to have an utter belief in my word. Don't care if it's been 13 years. Don't care if it's been 25 years. I want you to still stand. And having done, I'll stand. I want you to be sanctified in that way. I want you to have a sanctifying faith. That even though it doesn't look like it's happening, you still got your joy. You still got your peace. You're sanctified in the sight of man, in the sight of angels, in the sight of demons. We're called to be sanctified for his kingdom glory. We're called to be a gazing stock. Paul called it Having done all to stand, stand there. Stand there for. Stand there anyway. When everybody else says you should have got off that promise, you stand on the promise anyway. And God views that as faith. That's how that's real faith. Look at verse thirty four. After the number of the days in which you have searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a year shall you bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and you shall know my breach of promise. So for every day that they were searching that land, God says you're going to spend that many, that many years in the wilderness. Verse 35. And I the Lord have said, I will surely do unto all, all this evil congregation. There's a word evil congregation again. That are gathered together against me. In this wilderness, they shall be consumed. And they, there they shall die. God says, if you won't believe me, if they won't believe me, they are evil. And what God knows about unbelief is that at the door is now idolatry. That's another reason God hates unbelief. Because he knows that when we're walking in unbelief, 
we're believing something other than his word, which is idolatry. That's how he, that's how he views it. What happened after they stopped believing God? They put their eyes on idols. They became idol worshipers. So God says, unbelief is dangerous because it leads now to idolatry where we're focusing on something other than God. Am I making any sense? It's going to get better. Now, Israel is cursed in their soul with a mindset that they don't trust God. That's where it started. They're cursed in their soul with a mindset where they don't trust God consistently. I mean, that was a turning point in their whole nation's history. I believe had they trusted and believed in what God said, they were going to go in like a whirlwind and walk into every nation by nation by nation and conquer them and God would be glorified and the gospel would be preached through them because of the, the, the way that they believed in God. But now, because of their unbelief, they have to go into the wilderness for 40 years and their children have to be the ones that go forth. But we know that it was the perfect will of God for them to go forth. So we have to, we have to, we have to think. God is serious about the promises. He wants us to experience the blessing in its fullness every single time. But if unbelief can convince us that it's not possible, even though it's God's will for us, we won't experience it. So it's dangerous. I must believe God no matter what. I must trust God when I'm under the most extreme testing and trial. I must hold on to the promises of God when nobody else believes it. Because this is my portion. I believe I'm going to close here in Matthew chapter 16. Because that curse of unbelief was now in their soul. I believe that. That it was now in the soul of the people. And it went all the way over into the New Testament. I mean, Israel, they experienced some victories through David and through the kings. And, 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 but it was not consistent. That's what I'm saying. It was not consistent victory, which was the will of God for them. They would go up and they'd go down. they go up and they go down. That is not God's will. God's will is for constant progress, 
constant victory over every adversary every single time. Yeah, challenges, yeah, demons, yeah, the devil, but we overcome him every single time. No stories of, of defeat, only stories of victory. That was God's will for them. But now we see Israel here in the new covenant when Jesus shows up, and they're still almost like stuck in neutral. Matter of fact, they've regressed. They've regressed. They've had a great nation. They've done great things. But now they are under Roman control. Why? Because of unbelief. Because of idolatry. Because of a, a lack of believing in the promises. So we see here in, in, in Matthew 16, verse 1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, tempting Desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the spiritual leaders, are tempting the God of the universe <laughs> again. They say they want to see something. They want to see a sign from heaven. They want to see something that's going to satisfy that natural eyes. They want natural confirmation that what God is saying is true. Jesus says something to them very, very powerful. He says, he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering or cloudy. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the, sign, the, discern the signs of the times. Then he says something in verse 4. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Looking for natural confirmation that the word is true. Looking for something that they can see, feel, a touch that what God says is true. How many of y'all know that's unbelief? God says a thing and we're looking for the natural manifestation that calls us to believe. God says, you should believe because I said so. You should believe you're healed because I say you're healed. You should believe you're blessed because I say you're blessed. I think I get on people's nerves sometimes because people ask me how you doing Roy I'm blessed <laughs> and a lot of times I, I know you're blessed but how you feel I'm blessed I ain't gonna say nothing but that because maybe I got some challenges but I, I'm not gonna say something that God don't say about me I'm blessed don't you want to get into it? No, I don't want to get I'm blessed. The word says I'm blessed, so I'm blessed. And, 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 and like I said, I, I know people just like, well, I know 
he just, you know, he's just saying that to be said. No, I'm not saying that to be saying it because I'm saying it because I want to be always be in agreement with what God says. Because that's where the power of God is released in my words. But he says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and he departed. Three days and three nights. <laughs> In the earth. And the resurrection. That's what he's talking about. He said, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of the cross. And the resurrection. And, 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 and that's what God wants us, as I close tonight, that's what God wants us to focus on. He wants us to focus on what the word, the cross, the blood, the resurrection has done for us. That's all he wants us to focus on, no matter what we're going through. He wants us to trust in the victory that Jesus won on the cross and in his resurrection. And understand that that victory is your victory. You can't be defeated when you keep your eyes on that. That's what he's saying. That's the only sign that, 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 we, that we're going to get before we see the manifestation. That's, that's what he wants us to focus on. So say, I, well, I, I got hands laid on me and I don't feel healed. Well, you, you got to believe what the Word said. The, the Word says you were healed 2,000 years ago. When my bank account says zero, 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 I don't see no prosperity. My God shall supply all my needs. In abundance, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I got to believe that as opposed to what I see out here in the natural. Unbelief is to say anything that God does not say about you. And I got to get that. I got to, I got to get that in my soul that I must speak the word only. Stand to your feet. We're going to go forward with this teaching. This, like I said, this foundation today. But uh, this is how God gave it to me. But I'm telling you, we serve an awesome God. And he has awesome things for us. But we connect with him through our faith in him. That's the only way. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word has found good ground tonight. that it has touched us in such a way where it stirs us to believe and trust you. That your, let's like Jesus said, your word is truth. And it will defeat every giant, every circumstance, everything that comes against us in this world. We can defeat it with your word. You didn't promise us that, that, that we wouldn't have challenges. You didn't promise us that we wouldn't have the adversary coming against us. But you said, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we hold on to that tonight. As we go our way, as we encounter those things that are contrary to the promises, we'll keep our eyes focused on the promises. We won't, we won't look at the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Canaanites. We'll look at your word and we'll trust in it only. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise 
for every manifestation of your blessing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.